Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D. This is your business school on radio. Friends, I can't believe it, but this is surely the very last edition for the year 2023. We started off on a very good note, a high note, a great note, and we're grateful to God for the gift of life. Uh, 2023 has come in, and it's about to, you know, just taking the time, and we are gradually, slowly but surely looking at it, ease out gently. But then, for me, it's really about thanking you, distinguished audience out there, for walking through the year with me, making sure that um, you kept me on my toes. Each time I get feedback from every one of you, I get motivated again and again to continue doing what I love doing. And I'm grateful to God for the gift of life. I'm grateful to you for also given me an opportunity, you know, to share my thoughts, to share my learning, and also to learn from you. For those who have reached out different forms, different formats, uh, being able to, you know, uh, give me your feedback, ask questions. Those that have accosted me in very obscure places, supermarkets, in the malls, at parties, at events, um, just to tell me, listen, I listened to that program I am a dogged fan. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Uh, the good Lord himself will bless us. He will keep us. And we'll keep on on this journey called life. And you and I will surely enjoy the fruit of our labor. But friends, if we are going to speak to it, let me up front tell you that on Saturday, on the 30th of December, with the Ask ID series also, you know, it comes once a month. That edition will hold at 9 p.m. It's live Instagram, and my handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. We're basically going to be talking about taking stock, but it's a different kind of taking stock. And it's about how we are going to pull in our assets, drive commitments, get the milestones, and the achievements will roll in. Not so much as what we didn't do well, what we did well, and what we should do differently. That's fine. That's a review. But when you take stock, you are taking stock of what you have, both physical and natural. And in all ramifications, you're saying to yourself, these are my assets. What are your assets? And so, friends, when we started looking at the meaningful balance between work and family, if you recall, on Tuesday, I was speaking to the season, I was speaking to a lot of people who may, for one reason or the other, be shaking the very foundation of their homes simply because they feel that they are imbalanced. And I did say to you that imbalance is the norm. Absolutely. Because it's a paradox. Whether you like it or not, you cannot give 40 hours of work. At the same time, say, I'll give 40 hours to my family. Something has to give. But then... As we go through life and as we go through the very many things that will confront us, the big question I'll ask you is, you've been listening to this program for the time 
I don't know when you started. I don't know how long you've been on. But then, what are those things that you have learned? What are the lessons learned? What are those things that have been able to prod you in a different direction? It will be great to read from you. It will be great to hear from you. And so, if you want to send a mail, please do to contact at navigatewithid.com. Or you can follow me across any of my social media handles and pop in your thoughts, pop in your comments. Uh, my handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Friends, you may not believe it. It's the 28th. We have three more days to close the year. Typically at this time and at this season of, and in this place in time, a lot of people go into what I call reflections. But you know, reflections are very good. When you reflect, you are able to review and then you either rejuvenate or resuscitate whatever you have. But then the way I want to speak to you today, I just want to, you know, give me the chance that some of you may, of necessity, be blaming yourself for one thing or the other. Some may be going through midlife crisis. Some may actually be at the starting point. But there's something one of my friends uh, and classmates at Baptist Academy were having a chat just before the, the show. And we're talking about the race of life. And we're likening the race of life to what? A four-leg relay race. A four-leg relay race clearly has the first, the second, the third, and the final, the final leg. But reality is that when the time comes, the third leg is that leg that actually makes the race either lost or won. Some of you are in the third leg, just like myself, third leg of our lives, our journey. The third leg is where you cost correct. The third leg is called the chaser. The third leg is the point at which if the first and second had issues, you need to correct it at the third just so that you can finish strong and finish well. The third leg is a place where that person who takes that baton would be the chaser and will be able, even if at position six or seven, will be able to double up so well to give the last man that baton, and that would be the person to help close or breast the tip. Where are you in your life right now? Are you in the first leg? Many young people are sitting today having a swell time. Could be the first leg of your life. That's the time you're young, youthful. You can do anything you want to do and get away with it. Now, I'm, I'm not taking away the child uh, age or the bracket. That's given. I'm talking from the point when you are sitting in your 20s and then you've started this race of life and then you're working. You think all the years, you have all the years ahead of you. What you fail to understand is that there's a transition. As you are transitioning from one band to the other, so you are a 20-year-old, you are between the ages of 20 and 29. By the time you move into 30 to 39, and then you do 40 to 49, and then 50 to 59, then 60 to 69. Between the 20s and 30s into the 40s, those two bands are very critical. 
there are mistakes that are made. And sometimes by the time those mistakes are not cost corrected, something happens in the 50s. You know, without gainsaying, it's been a tough year. 23, I said it before, is probably one of the toughest years I've had to go through, either as a business or an entrepreneur or as a person. All kinds of things came through. But one thing that is certain is that I will go through. What kind of mindset are you carrying? What kind of thought is going through your mind? The pressure is enormous. I guess the only guys that are not feeling the pressure are the ones that are that easily can put their hands into a till and pull out money and start walking away. Either they are robbers or they are robbing. So Robin Hoods will not feel what you feel that you're going through a serious process of reformation. And that's what's very important. At some point in midlife, that is, a lot of things happen, things change. Sometimes it can be a professional passage. Sometimes, you know, it could be a significant failure that would trigger the change. Sometimes it's a personal passage that can be the catalyst, could be the loss of a loved one. I mean, I looked at 2023 and um, lost some very dear, very dear people. I mean, the year shook me when I had to join others, you know, to say goodbye to my boss, mentor, Mr. Ikunife Dubisi Okoli. That was one major loss for me in the course of this year. Uh, first half of the year, I must say. And um, friends, it wasn't an easy passage. And then fast forward to the end of the year, almost in the last quarter, specifically last month, I lost another dear friend, uh, Yunisa Babatunde. And uh, we call him YBB. We were colleagues at Guinness. We joined Guinness, same period, same time, and we've been friends for upward of 32, 33 years. I've known him, close family. We worship together. I mean, this was my guy. And uh, he passed on. That was one, another shocker that, you know, really got me to my marrows. But then, friends, I'm letting you understand that at some point in midlife, you would always have a passage. It can trigger a failure. It can trigger a change. It could be a catalyst. And it could also bring some things around. Whatever the cause, it can create a disconnect between you and work your family, and the entire environment. I kid you not that when Babs passed, I didn't realize the first week I was getting into forced errors. I was making mistakes that typically I would not make. I didn't realize and I couldn't trace it to the fact that I'd lost a dear friend of mine. Sometimes we don't even understand the impact of certain things that happened to us in the course of this whole life and passage. So all I'm going to say to you is that whatever state you found yourself, you must strive to do one thing, be happy. This is a season where joy, gladness, peace, 
we pray and we seek that all the time, especially this Christmas season. Why would you think differently? Now, this morning I met a young lady who uh, works in a supermarket where I went to pick up some stuff. And she was very, very gloomy, looking very sad. Typically, you know, serves in that space and always willing to assist. And one of those, when you get there, will be able to tell you, what can I help you, sir? What can I do for you? What would you need? So, you know, you get friendly and you smile. And then I noticed that this day and this time, this person was different. And I asked her if all was well. Um, she initially did not want to, you know, open up because she just felt, well, I don't want to bother you with my... So I said to her, listen, you know what? It's better you talk about what you're going through and put a smile on your face than you staying in that gloomy state. She then said she was robbed and not just robbed, her phone and everything taken out of her hands, her debit card, and the next thing she got hit, her account was cleared. And there, and then I could understand why she was feeling the way she was feeling. So I said to her, listen, do you know that sometimes you need to give in order to take? That life presents you an opportunity for you to salvage things by sowing. That whoever has taken all of those things has taken them, believing that he is having a better life, but is destroying himself. But you need to understand that it could have been worse. So, for example, what if that person had inflicted you with an injury or stabbed you. So whatever amount you have in your account, you would have been in the hospital now fighting for your life and being ready to look for money to pay to resuscitate yourself back to good health. But here you are. Every part of yours is intact. The only thing that has gone is that money. Is it not a place for you to be able to say, thank you, Lord, it could have been worse. So I said to her, think about other situations that may have happened. It could have been worse. But here you are, full of energy, put up a smile. You can smile even if it hurts. It gives you the right level of hormones that will come through. Those happy hormones will come in. You don't need toxins. And she then thought about it and then smiled and said, you know what, sir? Thank you very much. Friends, you will be out there. You're whining. You're thinking, what's going to happen to me? And look at the whole year. We've been through a very fantastic time in different respects. And I said, it's all been one transition to the other. But you know what? Sometimes you need to disarm yourself from the booby traps to get yourself to a place of success. But then I, I reckon what the preacher would always say that do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring forth. But many people do not even understand that presumption sometimes can put you into trouble because there's an attitude and a behavior of presumption. Many, many people presume that the same conditions and opportunities that are in front of them today will remain available to them in the future, that is tomorrow, next week, or next year. You know what? That's naivety. Because you are naively acting on impulse, presuming that you will have tomorrow to correct any mistakes you make today. 
You don't look well into a matter before you make the choice because you can always look into it later. The fact is, friends, we do not live in a static world. Everything changes moment by moment. I'm presuming that we will have the same opportunities or conditions to respond to tomorrow that we have today. What I need you to understand that naivety has less to do with intelligence and more to do with the way a person approaches individual situations and life in general. A naive person tends to oversimplify a situation and thereby fails to see critical factors that may be significantly impactful and that will affect any outcome. Do you know that a genius can be as naive as people of average intelligence? I know because when I think about what uh, Solomon said, it describes a person as naive when he or she doesn't look well into a matter before choosing a course of action. Most people fail to perform due diligence for one or more of the following reasons. Why? Because of oversimplification. If you look through this year, 2023, some of us, including me, we've oversimplified things. Why? Because we are all human. We all have a natural inclination towards simplicity. We want things to be simple. We want to be able to figure things out instantly without having to read an instruction book or doing homework. Take any child that is given homework in school. The child just wants to come from school and play. Or they want to continue playing. Why? Or they give them math to solve, whether it's verbal reasoning or quantitative reasoning. And if the children of these days that their workbooks or their textbooks have answers at the back, like my daughter, she will go to the back and check the answer and then begin to walk to the answer. And want, there will be no walking. And I'll say to her, Marenica, that's not the way life is. Whatever I used to have at the back, our textbooks were there. Yes, in some cases, depending on the type, if it's for common entrance, you'll get answers at the back for you to study. But if it's a real workbook, you have to walk. But these days, they give them answers at the back. Oversimplification. That is in itself creating a world of naivety and taking the IQ to a much lower level than it should be. What do we do with oversimplification? We want to believe everybody. And we want to accept what we have been told at face value. So anybody writes anything on social media, and you believe. You watch anything on social media, you believe. You see a video that is doctored and all that, you believe. You take it on face value. Honestly, if you look through the year and ask yourself, when and where was I oversimplifying things, you realize, my friend, that you've created a space of naivety without knowing. How long, O oh naive ones, will you love simplicity? That's what Solomon chides us with. Important decisions are never simple. There are always important factors hidden beneath the surface 
that must be searched out and considered. So as we look through this entire spectrum called the 2023 year, and even before, and as we're stepping into the future, you need to be guarded not to oversimplify things. We need to walk away from presumption, believing that what is happening today is something that will happen again tomorrow, but not understanding that moments change. The other item that we have run foul of, if you check, now I'm speaking to you just like I'm speaking to myself, is a factor called misplaced trust. We often put more trust than we should in people whom we don't know well. So check the businesses you've done that have hit the rocks, the investments you've made that have hit the rocks, because you put your trust more in people whom you don't really know well, or businesses or corporations. You have no clue. More often than not, people are less capable, less experienced, less competent, and less honest than they seem to be. People always put their best foot forward. And we usually make judgments of them in a matter of minutes or seconds. Sometimes I call it the dog sniffing act. Every bad investment decision that we may have made was based on taking individuals at face value. Believing what they said. Just think about the amount of fraud that has gone through. Somebody sends you a wish. Right now, they are sending all kinds of wishes and with a link. And some of you foolishly will click on that link and then, boom, the guys will take your details and wipe out your accounts and you sit and start crying. Because the person that sent it to you, oh, this person sent me, a, you didn't stop to think. You didn't stop to ask. If I were to say that you are naive, you'll be offended. But naivety has less to do with intelligence and more to do with the way a person approaches individual situations and life in general. You know, if you check some bad investments, including me, in the years, each of my bad investment decisions was based on taking individuals at face value. Sometimes I've made some mistakes in the past that I invite my friends to come into this investment and then the bombs. Because I took the other individuals at face value, believing what they said. None of the men deserve the level of trust I placed in them. You never can tell. Oh, this guy was my friend. We used to attend the same school. That was then. This is now. In between then and now, that character may have changed moment by moment. That person may have moved into a different zone, but you're looking at him with face value because you were classmates in secondary, high school, university. Fast forward, years after, comes to you with some pretty good dandy investment and you fall for it. And then you meet some others that will be very forecast-driven and tell you this is what they are seeing. Friends, I'm not saying you shouldn't trust, but I want you to understand that when you trust individuals 
who come across as honest and competent in their projections, it could also hurt you. But if you follow the admonition of Solomon, who says that you need to look well into the matter, you'll be in a different and a better space. And what is that? He says, the naive believes everything, but the wise man looks well to a matter. So what will I say to you concerning stepping into a new era is please look well into every matter. Don't take it on face value. I mean, in the course of this year, we've, at the business school, we've touched on so many topics. It's amazing how much content we've pushed out there, all to the glory of God. But I'm saying to you, 24 is going to be better, will be different, better, and special. But I need you, just like I would say to myself, we must all look well into every matter that we are about to get in. What is another watch out or learning or lesson is sitting around superficial appearances. When we come back, I'm going to talk about that. Superficial appearances and how they have hurt us some way, somehow. Friends, it's a good place to just take a, a quick break. Uh, we'll need to pay some bills and we'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Navigate with ID. Welcome, my dear friends. And just in case you are joining us, I bid you welcome. This is the last Navigate with ID, the edition of the year. Sounds like, oh my God, it's been one full year already. Yes, it does. This will be the last program for this year as we close the curtains to the year 2023. So friends, we've just been taking a hike across several factors that have to do with our individual performances, uh, the passages that we've had to embrace in life at different stages of our lives, and what we are doing differently to be able to make sure that life gets better. So we're talking about, I was talking about naivety and intelligence quotient, that many people do not realize that they are so naive but then these are things that are being backed under the euphoria of certain elements like oversimplification, presumption, misplaced trust. And then I was just at the nick of talking about superficial appearances. And that was where we ended the first half. So let me take off from that point. What do I mean by superficial appearances? Basically saying that our response to a person or a situation is often based entirely upon appearances. So a person may be charismatic or extremely personable or a business opportunity may appear extraordinary at first glance. But appearances also and almost never tell enough, tell enough of the story to base any important decision upon. So you have taken some investment decisions and it was driven by you seeing a prototype of a new product. Someone will come to you and say, oh, this is the house we are building. Uh, we are into real estate. This is a prototype of what we are going to do for you. And then they need you to pay, pay half of it, and then you spread the rest. You go ahead, and something has happened. There's been a pause. Or they tell you something has gone wrong. At the end of the day, it enters a log jam. 
you know, sometimes that could just come because the superficial appearance of the person presenting swung you on a different plane. Friends, we've talked about business opportunities. We've talked about personal passages. We've talked about transitioning in jobs. We've talked about balancing work and family. But one of the things that we fail to really get out of ourselves is the fact that laziness plays a big role. Our natural inclination is to do as little as possible to get what we want. It's natural. The same is true in the decision-making process. I want you to cycle back, go through the year just in a trance of a mind, and look at pain points where you've had to make certain decisions and how the decisions have come about to hunt you. Well, it speaks to the subject I said, looking well into a matter requires a lot more effort. And going into 2024, please, I beg you by the message of God, take this line very seriously. Look well into a matter. It requires a lot more effort and creativity than simply accepting a statement or person at face value. You think the economy is tough. It's going to contract. The contraction is going to continue before it retracts. So if you don't look well into a matter that has to do with your career, if you don't look well into a matter that has to do with you, if you don't look well into a matter that has to do with your family, if you don't look well into a matter that has to do with your community, professional, private, personal, where you stay or your environment, then there'll be a challenge. Every hope you will have to counter this natural inclination can only come if you apply true and due diligence to your decision-making whenever you are considering an important commitment. And so that's exactly why I said when we are coming on Ask ID series on Saturday at 9 p.m. on Instagram Live, we'll be talking about taking stock. And the big piece in the pie for me is the commitments. Commitments, milestones, and achievements. I look through the entire spectrum and I'm saying to myself, what exactly is going to make this journey better? Some people, wake up to discover certain things have happened. You know what? It can be very challenging. Some people wake up to realize that they've emphasized a lot of elements to one other than the other. So what am I saying? In a space where you're going through a, a certain passage, it could be, for example, trying to create a balance between family and work, and then you wake up to discover that you've emphasized family to the detriment of your career. Such people will choose not to travel as much or work as many hours as their companies wanted. They may have refused to relocate because they didn't want to uproot their families or chosen positions that demanded less of them. But then they would prefer the ones that give them fewer career rewards. But at some point, they will, you will then realize that the people they went to business school with 
or their peers or with whom they worked at their first jobs are now several levels ahead of them. And then what happens? Frustration kicks in. A lot of that comes because of a narrow vision. More often than not, our vision is far too limited to make the best decision based only on our own knowledge and experience. And so it's important that you step into a terrain where counsel, counsel, counsel. Without counsel, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. And so I'm saying to you, friends, that to make important decisions without the aid of outside counsel is not only naive, it is foolish. But when you bring in the expert opinion and counsel of others, you'd radically expand your field of vision and become far more qualified to make a wise decision. So as we are talking about looking well into a matter, we are also talking about decision-making and we're talking about moving forward. Do you know that when it comes to balancing work and family, most people go through this passage because they have invested more in work than family. Some women are the exception to this rule. Relatively early in their careers, they are faced with the choice of whether they should start a family. You know, sometimes I really salute the women folk. The men just have almost like a very linear phase. Just start, get a family and move on. But a woman comes through while managing all the transitions that make the body physical, physiological, and all of that. The next thing they have to contend with is settling. Well, in settling down, they have to, you know, the maiden name has to go. They need to acquire a new status and a new name. And going through that means a different life full of multiplicity of roles. Mother, wife, sister, housemaker or homemaker, so many things. And that's why when you find making a choice at the early stage of the career, it's always a bit of a shaking for some. It may entail taking six months or six years off from work just to be able to take care of the family. In either case, women find that it's difficult to pick up where they left off. In addition, see relatively few women with children are in senior leadership positions. Why? They have to really go through the eye of the storm. But this is changing a lot. And I hope it does with a good degree of balance because a lot of corporate leaders believe that women with children simply can't make a total commitment to work. I don't know why they have that, that notion. I still believe, and I strongly believe too, that women are God's best creation. If you want a transformational agent, then look at a woman. They are transformers. They are transformation agents. I say that with every sense of duty, humility, and respect. But many times, they are well misunderstood and not given a chance to write. But that also speaks to the fact that it's not a general statement all women know, most. But one thing I must let you know, that although these attitudes are understandably aggravating to women, our point is that they tend to struggle with the work-family balance issue 
earlier than men. Increasingly, some women solve the problem when their husbands agree to support and in some cases be stay-at-home dads, which is very rare. It's only in Boland you'll find stay-at-home dads fully. Because the circumstances there will not be the same like you find in Africa or in Nigeria. In some other instances, women decide to have children later in life. Or the couple just decide that they want to have some time for themselves and to themselves before they can bring in any anyone. And when I mean anyone, I'm talking about letting a baby come in. Friends, when you look at the entire scope of life and the things that we have to go through, it tells you that we need more than we are doing. It tells you that there's always room for change. It tells you that no matter what option that you pick, every passage has its own challenge and opportunity. Whether it's within yourself, your career, your family, there are cultural norms, there are friends, there are relatives that will make you feel tremendously guilty for certain things that you have done that are not right. But I'll let you understand that whether you are a man, whether you are a woman, whenever you get into that passage of balance between work and family, and then you are torn by the natural desire to find both work and family fulfillment, you must understand that complicating matters can come through when your organization says you need to achieve the work-family balance. Every single person from the CEO to your boss may encourage you to take all your vacation time and be home every night for dinner with your family. There's no doubt at the minute, but I can tell you that work conditions and realities render good intentions meaningless. Companies want their people to achieve this balance, but not if the work product suffers. So if the work is going to suffer, the rather you do the work. Organizations will take as much of an employer's life, or sorry, an employee's life, as is willing to give. And this makes perfect sense to the organization. They will keep taking more and more because you are willing to give. As humanistic as it might seem on the surface to insist that people spend more time with their families, it is not humanistic to downsize the workforce. When they are going to sack people, it is not humanistic. A consequence that comes if productivity falls because people aren't spending sufficient time on the job. So what am I saying to you, friends? If you take the whole year, take a whole time, I'm saying to you, calculate what you will tolerate. It starts from you. The solution starts from you. All it takes is the fact that you must look well into the matter. I'm coming back to it. Look well into the matter. Whatever your own matter is, look well into the matter. What do I mean? I'm talking about diligence. 
bringing all of the elements of diligence into your decision-making process. Diligence is like a giant floodlight. Turn it on, and naivety will go as darkness disappears. Some people fear that they will insult others by performing due diligence. They fear that a person might ask, don't you trust me? If that happens, your response should be, you haven't given me any reason not to trust you, so I do trust everything I know about you. But I never want to make a foolish mistake. And to avoid such mistakes, I always follow a simple rule. Look well into a matter before I make any important decision. So that's what I do, no matter who I am dealing with. If you want a key and a code from me stepping into 2024, look well into the matter, whatever that matter is in inverted. Whether it's with dealing with persons, whether it's dealing with corporations, whether it's dealing with institutions, look well into the matter. In another sense, I've called it diligence. In another sense, I'm saying to you, friends, every aspect of what we've toyed with in the course of our work this year is because we did not look well into the matter. I have made some fault, uh, faulty starts. I've made some false errors like I did share with you. And when I look back on face value, I trusted a bit more. And I'm not saying it's bad to trust, but I'm asking you to not allow naivety take the better part of you. Don't be naive when it comes to making wrong choices. Why do I say so? It is the prudent that sees the evil and hides himself. But the naive goes on and they become punished for it. Most people rarely find themselves in unethical or illegal situations by surprise. Usually they see a red or yellow flag or two first. Are you about to step into marriage or you stepped into marriage, you saw the red flags, but you chose not to. Eat it. You saw the red flags concerning the job you were about to sign up for because you wanted to leave where you were. When they were at the point of the interview, you saw the way you were treated. You saw the way the boss or the managers were treating the staff there. Those were flags. But you did what? You decided not to look. All I'll tell you, a wise man will turn away. But a naive man will see the red flag will feel a twinge in his or her conscience and then choose to keep moving in the same direction. When you see red flags and you choose to continue in that direction, you will have yourself to blame. Those are some of the lessons that we may have learned in the course of the year, and I hope we take them to heart because when the, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart, every single person that looks well into the matter is a wise man. A wise man is one who turns around and looks for the answer. But in a job context, when you saw all those red flags, a wise man would do what? Look for another job. Sometimes 
it's not as dandy and rosy, but I'll say something to you. Do not lose your freedom of expression and your thoughts simply because you are blinded or blindsided. Question you'll ask yourself, how many people have been hurt by their relationships this year? How many men, how many women see red flags go up in a new relationship or new relationships when they are asked to do things that violate their conscience? Just look at our society now where drugs have become the order of the day. I mean, it's becoming a very concerning, very, very concerning feature because young people in their 20s or even earlier, they are seeing it as binging, drinking, smoking here, taking on substances in different ways. And when you have friends that are luring you, it's, this is a season we want to go out for shows. Our parents are allowing us. And parents are not looking well into the matter. You don't, you are busy you're running the streets. You are busy traveling. And you don't look well into the matter of your children, your kids, your teenagers. Your, you just look at it on face value. Oh, you're going for what? I'm going to so-so-and-so sleep out. There's no sleep out. They're sleeping. My son, my daughter, they don't go for sleep outs. My son never did. But do we have people come? Yes, they come. I prefer that one so that I can look well into the matter. When you see the parent, you see the child, you know. When you see the child, you can also assume what you can see of the parents and what is in their own home. Sometimes you look well into the matter just to go pick up your, your son or daughter from that particular house rather than sending the driver. There are things that you will see. There will be red flags. I will tell you that this home that you send your daughter to every time, someday may you not pay for it. Drugs, alcohol, and all. People see the flags. They feel the twinge of conscience. And then they have to make a choice. So what is the choice? Do you want to secure your children and family? Or you want to be seen? You don't want to offend your neighbor. You don't want to offend that family. You ask yourself, do I turn around or do I keep going? Friends, lessons learned. What lessons did you learn from physical abuse? What lessons did you learn? Domestic violence. That you hear people smashing themselves here and there. The red flag comes before you get married. I'm sure there are a few people that have gotten married this year. They probably received one or two slaps in the process of cutting. Ah, you say, no, sorry, I apologize. They'll call people to say, the man slap you first time. You say, nah, mistake. Slap you second time. You say, honey, buy you gift. He slap you third time. Auntie, shine your eye. That guy is sitting with physical abuse full time, and then you step into the marriage. People see the red flag, but naively keep up with the relationship all the way to the altar. I bet you, because we are not good at stats and data, God knows how many lives have been lost each year from abuse. Even lives that are lost as a result of accidents 
that are caused by drunk drivers or those that are high. And I'm, you know, this is one thing I'm going to leave, and I hope uh, the state government will hear this. Someone somewhere will hear and can help me ask the governor. The day I get to meet the governor face to face, I will ask him this question. Why is it that car owners, private car owners, are subjected to go for MOT, the test? Why are we subjected to that test? And then you see all these rickety yellow buses in Lagos, all driving without anything, and they don't subject the public transportation system to MOTs. These guys in their garages have all kinds of exposure. But is this naivety on the part of government? So which one should receive a lot more attention? The one with the quantity? Yes, I know there are a lot of private car owners who are also not very responsible. But on the scheme of things, you ask yourself, the torture they send you to go through or your the guy goes in and they say, oh, this thing is not working. That one is, why is that same rigor not applied to public transport, the public transport system? That's where the mammoth crowd, the bottom of the pyramid, as we call them in marketing, the users are a lot more, but those vehicles are allowed to stay. Only God knows how many accidents happen because of drunk drivers, bad cars, and all of this is sitting around naivety. And I say, don't be naive when it comes to making wrong choices. Let us sit back and make the right choices. Because there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Diligently looking into a matter will ensure that it doesn't happen. And so, friends, this particular edition was more or less to run through like a swift bullet some things that may have kept us, refreshed us, and in some cases made us sad in this journey called the passage of life. I look forward to, by the grace of God, being with you live on the 2nd of January 2024 on Navigate with ID. And um, it will be a great time. So if you have questions, get ready. Tuesday, we'll have a live, very live audience and a very live opportunity to speak and to speak to some of those things. Well, let me seize the opportunity to wish you a very happy and prosperous 2024. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for standing by me, my team, my colleagues, and I. May the good Lord bless you and bless each and every one of us, and we'll see ourselves in the new year. Happy New Year once again, and God bless. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID.